Welcome to Optoly Radio, your regular 30-minute dose of everything you need to accelerate your e-commerce marketing success. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Optily Radio, the show that brings in experts from across the industry to help you accelerate your e-commerce marketing. Today's guest is Kathleen Booth, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Tradeswell, where she's on a mission to empower a new generation of digital-first marketplace brands. Prior to joining Tradeswell, she led marketing at several VC-backed B2B SaaS businesses in the e-commerce and cybersecurity spaces, and was a founder and CEO of a digital marketing agency where she advised hundreds of companies on the go-to-market and digital marketing strategies. Outside of work, Kathleen is the host of the long-running Inbound Success podcast, which features interviews with top-performing marketers and was named one of the top B2B marketing influencers of 2021 by TopRank. And from the Optily side today, we have Grace Mercer joining us. Grace is an Optily account manager who has years of experience working with brands as a digital media strategist and consultant, content creator, and freelance media assistant. At Optily, she works with new e-commerce brands to help them develop the most effective growth strategy for their business. Welcome to the show, Kathleen and Grace. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's good to be here. Awesome. So uh, Kathleen, why don't you uh, get started by telling us a little bit about yourself, how it is you got into the world of e-commerce and uh, what it is you do at Tradeswell? Sure. So I have been, gosh, I've been working in e-commerce for the last several years across two different companies. And funny enough, I got into e-commerce via cybersecurity, believe it or not. Um, I was uh, head of marketing for a cybersecurity company and uh, went to take a new job at a company that had a product that was, I always say it was like cybersecurity disguised as advertising technology. <laughs> so we had a product that helped media companies prevent third-party JavaScript from impacting the experience on their websites. And that happened in the form of blocking malicious ads. And partway through my time there, we released a second product that really at its core was did the same thing. It protected websites from third-party malicious JavaScript. But in this case, it was blocking Honey and Capital One Shopping from executing on e-commerce sites. And so that was kind of my entree into e-commerce. And I loved it. I learned a lot about it. And that led me to Tradeswell, where I am now. And Tradeswell, our platform is like an operating system for e-commerce brands. We are solving the challenge of multi-channel e-commerce data complexity. We believe that the the future of e-commerce is going to be programmatic. You know, machine learning is going to be a real game changer. And so we're building a, a data platform that provides brands with a strong foundation for running their businesses in that new normal. Awesome. Yeah, we definitely are in that world of data complexity and trying to simplify things for brands who are just overwhelmed with data overload. So cool. Uh, so yeah. Uh, you talk a bit about about real time commerce across the Tradewell sites, so maybe go into like what that means for e commerce brands. Sure. So I think it alludes to what I talked about earlier about programmatic commerce, and that in the sense that when you look at the landscape of e commerce, there are an increasingly large number of 
channels that e-commerce brands can sell on. They, of course, have the option to sell direct to consumer through their own websites, or they can go via marketplaces or retail retail marketplaces. So there's places like Amazon and Etsy and Walmart and Target. And, you know, there's also wholesale marketplaces. The, the number of these is growing, it seems, every day. And if you're in the marketplace game, you're really entering a sales channel that's algorithmically driven. And, you know, so where you place in Amazon is is determined by an algorithm. Similarly, on the marketing side, marketing is totally algorithmic these days, whether you're advertising on Facebook or in Amazon ads or uh, Google, etc. Algorithms are determining how your ads are placed. Algorithms move really quickly. They move faster than the human brain does. And to be able to truly optimize your business when both sides of the equation, your marketing and your sales channels are algorithmically driven, really requires that you operate in real time to optimize. And in fact, because those those channels are moving at real time, the algorithms are adjusting every every moment of every day. The human brain can't keep up. And so it's a data-driven world that we're living in and brands need to have tools that allow them to make decisions on their end that are as fast, if not faster than the algorithms are. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Definitely in the same space as Optily. Great. You had surveyed about 300 e-commerce leaders last year and curious about what sort of challenges you're, you were hearing from them that they're facing and what were some of the key takeaways from this survey? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So we partnered with a third-party research firm to do this survey. And what we learned was that, believe it or not, 95% of the e-commerce businesses we surveyed are now selling in two or more online marketplaces. So going back to what I said about the real time, the world of real-time commerce, this is the reality for most e-commerce sellers today. They're operating in this real-time commerce economy. And Coupling with that is the fact that what worked in brick and mortar doesn't apply in the digital world. And so you have these digitally native brands in the direct-to-consumer world that that are born focused on digital first and they're very savvy. But you, you have a large, if not larger, number of brands that really began as brick and mortar first brands and they're struggling to adapt and align themselves around a more digital model. So there's a lot of complexity there. And, you know, at the same time, at the end of the day, it's all about maintaining profitability, right? And growing. And over 50% of the e-commerce leaders that we surveyed said they struggle to maintain profitability at the SKU level. So, you know, there's there's maintaining the profitability of the company, but in e-commerce, every individual product or every SKU is like its own business. And so you need to be able to make each product profitable and you need to have the systems to support your decision making around that. And I think that's where a lot of brands really, really struggle. And I, I think the last thing that I would say is we heard that, you know, a lot of these companies are staffing up. They have teams that they're bringing on board in order to support what they need to do in this new real-time commerce economy. But those teams are spending up to 20% of their time, one entire day of the week, just trying to make sense of data. So there's a 
tremendous amount of inefficiency in the system. And folks are kind of experiencing death by spreadsheet. You know, you're you're trying to wrangle your data from Amazon and match it up with your data from Shopify and tie that back into your ad data. It's really hard. It's apples to oranges for most people. And that makes it difficult, if not impossible, to keep up and optimize in the way that that needs to happen in this kind of fast paced e-commerce world. Yeah, definitely feel you. So what is sort of the solution? What are the successful brands doing to make sure that they can keep up with all this? You mentioned that we have to keep up with all the algorithms and work at algorithm speed. So uh, what are the technologies and tools that the successful brands are using? Yeah, so I think there's there's three themes that underpin the most successful e-commerce businesses. And this emerged from our research. The first one is data unification. So you do have all these different platforms and channels that you can sell on. And with increased opportunity comes increased complexity. And so having systems in place to unify all the data when it comes back to you is is sort of the holy grail. Uh, It's complicated because a lot of these platforms, especially the marketplace platforms, are walled gardens. And what I mean by that is they control you know, the data that they control, how the data is organized, they control what data you have access to, et cetera. So being able to extract all that data, pull it back into your own systems as an e-commerce brand, organize it the way that makes sense for you to support your own decision-making and to marry it up at the SKU or product level. That's really what best-in-class brands are either doing or working towards. So that's number one, data unification. The second is alignment. And by this, I'm really referring to alignment across teams. So uh, retail, marketing, operations, finance. I know I don't have to tell you or your listeners that this has been a tremendously challenging year in the world of e-commerce. You know, we've had we, we now are experiencing uh, significant inflation. There have been massive supply chain disruptions. You know, there's the pandemic and ch- changing shopper behavior. Like one day brick and mortar is thriving, the next day it's not, and then it bounces back. And so keeping up with all of this is really difficult and it requires tremendous cross-functional alignment. It's just to use an example you know, you might be uh, advertising a certain product because it is a very profitable product for your business. But if you don't have the inventory to fulfill those orders, that's going to create real friction on the customer journey. And that can that can really hurt a business. And so that's where, you know, you need your marketing team that's doing the advertising to be talking with operations to understand inventory forecasting. You need them also to be talking with finance to understand the profitability of that product. Is it, you know, should we put our advertising dollars behind this either because the margin on that product is high or because that low margin product serves as an important loss leader for other parts of the business? You know, and so all of these different factors come into play and have to be married up. And that alignment is both cultural. You know, you need to get your teams talking to each other and and communicating. But it's also it has sort of a technology underpinning that relates back to data unification because you need your teams looking at a single source of truth. All of them should have access to the same data. So they're making decisions based on common foundations, if you will. Uh, so data unification, alignment. And then the third thing is speed. Again, Real-time commerce requires that we reduce the time from data 
to decision to action, you know, and so there's different steps in that chain there, but really having access to to real time data about exactly what's performing and how it's contributing to growth and profit and being able to quickly, if not automatically, make decisions and take action is vital. So those are the really the three keys to success that best in class brands are focused on right now. In relation to that, that's um, in terms of the the real time aspect. That's a pain point that we see with a lot of the people that we work with on the on the client facing side. Do you have any recommendations on finding that balance between giving the algorithms time to learn when you're starting new ads or starting new campaigns and whatnot versus taking really quick action to shut things off or scale things up? Is it is a very delicate balance that has to be achieved? Do you have any advice on how brands can? you know, at the entry level that don't necessarily have a big team to have that, that expertise kind of take small steps to effectively approach that? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little biased, but this is where I do think that technology can help. You know, this is the, the thing that we're focused on solving, because it's not just it's not just being able to look at, for example, one campaign and understand, like, has it had enough time to, to fully bake? And, and as you said, allow the algorithm to learn. It's the fact that often these brands have hundreds, if not thousands of campaigns running at the same time. And and there isn't the time in a day for most people to go through that. And even once things have had time to, to really learn and settle, you know, to keep up with it. And so having technology that can that can surface for you, that can do the work for you and say, look, this campaign is underperforming and effectively give you your to-do list in order of priority. Like that's really what brands need today. And eventually we'll be in a place where not only will technology give you your to-do list in order of priority, it will also just like shut that campaign off for you. Um, you know, that's the direction that the world is moving. And that's what machine learning allows us to do. It allows us to apply logic to the data and and identify this is where you should double down and spend more because these ads are working well, but you're perhaps not putting enough into them. And these are the campaigns where you should either shut off spending or reduce it or change bid price, et cetera. Great. So since we are still in that manual world before the robots come and, you know, take over all of our campaigns, <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> Brands will need to, you know, still review their own data. So when it comes to like holistic reporting and advertising effectiveness, what are the metrics that you think uh, brands should be looking at the most? And what is your view on placing too much emphasis on ROAS? Yeah, I mean, ROAS has been the the North Star for the advertising world for a couple of decades now. Return on ad spend, you know, and it's it's a helpful metric to understand how ads are driving top line sales. But I don't think you can look at it in isolation because we all, I'm sure, if you've been in e-commerce long enough, you've either experienced as a brand or you've worked with a brand that has SKUs that are not that profitable and in some cases aren't profitable. <laughs> you know, like today with all the inflation we're having with supply chain issues, like there are, there are definitely products that are not super profitable. In some cases, they're loss leaders. And so understanding customer lifetime value and those journeys is important. But you need to look beyond ROAS and you really need to look at net margin contribution. And so that's more of a bottom line metric. So ROAS is, you know, how much did we spend on ads versus how much of the product did we sell? Net margin contribution is not is how much did we spend on ads? How much did we sell? And then when you subtract out the landed costs for that, especially in marketplaces, because you've got seller fees and things along those lines, like how much money are we making at the end of the day? That's crucial. And so we actually had a customer that 
shifted their focus between it was 2019 to 2020 prime day 2019 they were they optimized their entire prime day strategy around maximizing roas the, in 2020 they shifted it to maximize net margin contribution and they actually saw a 4x growth in ad attributed sales they had a 20% increase in new customer acquisition and roas went down but profit went up and so I, I just think there's two sides of that coin. You have to look top line, but you also really have to look at bottom line and, and think about profit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I was going to ask you to share an example, um, but you just did. So perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now taking a step back to what you had you know, talked about a bit in terms of internal uh, company organization and different teams talking to each other, looking at e-commerce stores from the outside, what are some of the main problems uh, that growing businesses typically face when it comes to structure and organization? So this is a really interesting one because it's a little counterintuitive. And what I mean by that is often it's the biggest companies that have the biggest challenges. And that's because, you know, you have, like I was saying earlier, you have these digitally native brands that are born focused on e-commerce. And so they tend to, from the very beginning, be very aligned around what is needed to succeed in a digital world versus then the brick and mortar native brands that are moving into e-commerce and they have established, you know, they've built their whole company around servicing a brick and mortar world. They Their tech stack is designed around that. Their, their teams, their reporting structures, everything they do, their workflow. That's where I think the, the biggest challenge lies is like turning the ship, right? It, it's a much harder task to take a company that's been built around one paradigm and shift it to focus on another. And so I think what you see there is challenges around definitely technology challenges. You know, how do you support an e-commerce business with, with your tech stack? But it's also honestly around things like KPIs. You know, what are the most important key performance indicators that we should be tracking and reporting against and goaling our teams on? And unfortunately, what you see in those hybrid businesses where they're part brick and mortar and part e-commerce is you see a conflict in the KPIs. And that can, you know, really set teams at odds with each other. And so I think taking a step back and first looking at that, looking at what are the KPIs, because, you know, KPIs, all they are is like the carrot that we hang in front of our teams to get them aligned around something. And so if you have different KPIs, you're going to have misalignment. So starting there, aligning everyone around the same KPIs, and then really trying to bake e-commerce into the fabric of the business, much like it is in in a digitally native e-commerce brand, you know, in, in other types of companies, we tend to see e-commerce start as a project. And when it's a project, it's not necessarily taken seriously. And then it might evolve to be a center of excellence, right? And then eventually, you know, a fully mature e uh, hybrid e-commerce business, it would be either a, a full business unit with its own PL or it would be just woven into the company. And so, I think that's that's the interesting challenge. It's often the the companies that are quote unquote the most successful and the ones we all have heard about and that have the biggest budgets that also have the biggest challenge. Yeah. Very interesting. I was going to say, kind of piggyback off that with the with the follow up. I, I agree that the conflict, especially with those that are brick and mortar and um, online based, and getting, you know, a lot of times the decision makers to be willing to to implement and and invest in the tech stack or those side of things. 
what would you say for a team that, you know, you have a team member that understands the importance, how, what, what points would you recommend they highlight aside from KPI and the minimums and just to kind of really drive home the point that, you know, this is a really important aspect to focus on because tech is the future and you're going to get left behind if you don't start implementing things, these things now, you're going to be playing from behind. Yeah, I think that the at the end of the day, what most executives respond to is data, you know, and, and this is why it goes back to what I said in the very beginning, you have to think of your e-commerce business as every individual product is its own business and should have its own profit and loss statement. And so if you're able to pull in data and build SKU level P&Ls, you, you should be able to build a case, honestly, about the profitability of investing in e-commerce. And if you're running your business correctly, hopefully you you are, you can show that that individual products are making money, not just with ROAS. Again, this goes back to net margin contribution. That's that's really the thing at the end of the day that an executive who's going to make an investment in technology is going to be asking. It's not going to be how did this improve sales? It's going to be how did this improve profitability? And I mean, any executive, if you can tell them, look, if we put a dollar, two dollars into promoting this product, and I'm going to deliver you, you know, two, $4 on the other end and profit. Yeah, I'm ahead of marketing. Normally, that would mean I'd have an unlimited budget if I could guarantee that, right? I'm going to double your money. <laughs> it's like if you're if you were in Vegas and somebody guaranteed you could double your money, who would not just keep putting money in, right? Um, and so it has to start with the data. And and you know, unfortunately, if you're just getting started, you might not have a lot of technology to do that. And so you may need to start with spreadsheets. And it is time consuming, but I think it's a worthwhile exercise to go through. And if you can also quantify the time you're putting into that and and demonstrate, look, I'm spending 20% of my week gathering data you're paying me this much. My time is better spent in other places. If you can say the amount that you're paying me for that 20% of my time is more than the investment we'd make in technology to eliminate that time for me, that's also a compelling argument. So it all comes back to ROI and, and the data to support that. Great. So some really actionable steps on justifying technology spend there. Great. So uh, you've already mentioned the looming recession. So I feel like we do need to ask what e-commerce marketers should be doing right now to prepare for what seems like the inevitable. Yeah, I, I hope it's not inevitable, but it's, everyone certainly talks about it as though it is. I, I think I'll, I'll just restate what I already said, which really is if you're only focused on ROAS today, you will probably be setting yourself up for some pain in the future. You have to reorient yourself and, and also look at how you're contributing to profit. That's what all, all businesses, all serious businesses right now are looking at profitability, cash runway. You know, the era of growth at all costs is, is I don't know if it's over, but it's certainly on hold. And so as a marketer, you need to be able to tell the story of how you're delivering money to the bottom line for the business. And if you can do that, you're you're protecting your job, you're future proofing your budget. That that's really what it's gonna take to be successful. I really love that perspective of letting the data tell the story because a lot of times data can seem really boring, but if you really dial into it, it tells you a lot more than you see on surface level. That's right. Yeah. So just organizing your data, using tools to organize your data, then telling a story with that data. Yeah. And then I think, you know, having systems to regularly keep up with it. It's this is not a one time exercise. And that's that's where, you know, making the case for technology to support you with your data gathering and analysis is important because you can't look at this as a point in time. It, you know, 
data evolves, the market evolves. We're seeing the economy evolving in front of us. Uh, it's something you've got to be watching, you know, weekly, if not daily. Mm-hmm. Cool. And do you want to take us through some of the tools that Tradeswell offers to make all of this data management easy and accessible to marketers? Sure. So we have a, a data platform that pulls all of the most business critical data in for e-commerce retailers from you know, direct to consumer and marketplace channels, including right now we're integrated with Shopify, BigCommerce, Amazon, Target, Walmart, Ulta, Beauty. But we also pull in uh, marketing channel data. So we've got Facebook, Google, Klaviyo, Snapchat, TikTok, and a lot of the also the marketplace advertising platforms. We marry that with fulfillment and inventory data and finance. So uh, we are able to marry all this up at the SKU level. This is something very unique about us. We have what's called a product graph on the back end that uses machine learning to basically tell you that that data coming in from Amazon and that data coming in from Shopify, it's all about the exact same product. And so we can build that SKU level PNL and we allow you to specify your cost of goods sold at the SKU level so that you're really able to understand what is driving profit. And we're really excited about it. It's not only do we surface all of this data in beautiful dashboards to make it very easy, but we have an artificial intelligence layer on top of it. So when you log in, we will actually tell you, we have insights cards that tell you, you know, where you're performing, where you're underperforming and the actions you should take to optimize your business around profitable growth. That's great. Make it easy for people to access all of that good data that you're organizing so nicely in the background. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's that to-do list I was talking about earlier. What should you do and in what order, right? (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Well, this has all been like really, really fascinating stuff, but unfortunately we are out of time for today. So we like to end all of our episodes with one final question. And that is if our listeners come away from this episode with one thing they can start to implement today that will help them accelerate their online business. What is that one thing? I think it's really getting a hold of the data. You know, even if you can't afford a lot of technology today, at some point in the near future, machine learning is going to become the norm for e-commerce brands. And To leverage machine learning and to take advantage of it, you need to have your historical data because you need need fuel to, to feed the machine, right? And so if you do nothing else right now, begin gathering your data, begin organizing it, get control of it so that when the time comes, you have that fuel to feed into the machine and you're prepared to to really keep up with the pace of the market. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Kathleen. Grace, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Optily Radio, Accelerate E-Commerce Marketing. We're, of course, brought to you by Optily, the new Shopify app that's revolutionizing how store owners manage their ad spend across Facebook, Instagram, Google, and YouTube. If you're one of the millions who is struggling to know where to spend your marketing dollars for the most impact, try out Optily free for two weeks. Watch your returns increase, hours open up in your schedule, and achieve your business goals fast. Learn more at Optily.com. We'll catch you back here next time on Optily Radio for more expert tips on growing your online store through marketing. Take care. <laughs>